0: mandatory homeschooling during the pandemic 3.0 mandatory homeschooling during a pandemic how do you keep sane and not let a total educational year go to waste in episode 27 of the special needs superman podcast i give you five tips on how to keep mandatory homeschooling doable with a bonus tip on how to combine working from home with homeschooling these tips will help you not only navigate through the minefield of homeschooling, it will keep you sane and every member in the house happy. You might even motivate your kids to finish their tasks. So mandatory homeschooling is back during this pandemic for the third time. Well, officially for the second time in this country because the kids never went back after the Christmas break. Now, and in the Netherlands, there's no light at the end of the Tunnel yet. We just don't know when our kids will be allowed to go back to school. So, how do you keep your kids motivated? How do you keep sane? How can you juggle working from home and keeping up with all the tasks your kids get? Whether you have to ma- motivate your kindergartner or teenager or encourage your college kid, it's a struggle. You know. Let's start with the feeling our kids are losing a year. You keep reading in the news, hearing in the news that uh, all kids will uh, you know, lose a year and they're not doing as well and they're all falling behind and it seems like the end of the world. But seriously, they're not losing a year. They're learning so much, just not what the curriculum states. But it doesn't mean they're not learning. You know, the first thing you have to do when it comes to mentoring homeschooling is let go. You are not a school. You are not a teacher. If you're just doing this suddenly, you know, of course you won't get the same results as your kid being in class, actually. You know, you have to give you some give yourself some slack. And remember, this isn't the first time ever that kids are forced to stay at home and cannot follow uh, classes like they should or normally do. Around the Second World War, a lot of kids here in Europe weren't able uh, to go to school regularly. And if it wasn't because of the war going on, it was for the simple fact there was no oil for the heating. During the winter, most kids were sent home because it was simply too cold. And nowadays, there are still wars going on. But it doesn't automatically mean you will fall back or you won't succeed in life. You know, Most of our grandparents did fine despite growing up uh, in a war. You know, there are billion stories out there of people with not having the resources most of us have. And they're still being able to make a success of themselves. So don't freak out if this year you know isn't going according to plan. These are extraordinary times. So relax, you can't compare and even ask. to perform like they are in school because they're not in school. So you can't compare. Tip number two, learn from homeschooling moms who do this whole homeschooling thing by choice. I mean, you know, I really admire moms that can do this. But there are a lot of women, especially, I think, in the States, that homeschool their kids because you know of religious reasons or because there are not great schools in the area and they decide to you know teach the kids themselves and of course they still have to meet certain standards certain curriculums but if you pay close attention you will notice that homeschooling often goes not the same as you know sending your school to Uh, sending your kid to school at say like you're dropping him off at eight and then pick him up at four do you really think those kids you know sit down behind the desk all day but especially when it comes to homeschooling you will see that homeschooling pros came up with a whole new set of skills to include learning things in day-to-day life you know, Find YouTube videos, listen to podcasts, follow supermoms, homeschooling supermoms on social media. You'll notice that those moms are way more flexible, but also incorporate, like I said, take things into their teaching. A walk to the park, for instance, can turn into a biology class, but it can also be about history, because who and why did they create this park, for instance. You no, know, or a walk in the park can turn into uh, a lesson about planning and structure, because how do you create a park? What do you need? How much w- would it cost? So just day to day things, you will see you can use actually in your lessons to teach Tip number three, break it down. I can't emphasize this enough. An hour is too long, especially if you have really young kids, you know, saying that you're going to work for an hour and try to go through a whole chapter of math or spelling, especially when you're younger, it's a long time. And, and look at yourself. Can you really, really focus for an hour straight? Most of us can't, and especially kids can't. You know, maybe a teenager or college kid can focus that long, but, you know, a six-year-old? Breaking down also applies to tasks. So, you know, not only say we're going to work the whole morning because that's just way too fake, or we're going to work for a whole hour, and in that hour you're going to handle three subjects, for instance, uh, saying we're going to uh, do... Everything for math now can also seem like an impossible, endless journey for kids. It can be really overwhelming, especially when you struggle with certain things like reading or math. So break down certain tasks in in, in easy bites that they can oversee and thus seem doable. For instance, you know, instead of letting them read five pages by themselves, let let your dyslexic kids, read one page or maybe even just one paragraph. And then you then you read one and so on and so on. The same goes with math. Instead of saying, we're going to do all three pages, just say, we're going to do the first three, for instance, and then have a little mini break, especially with the kids that, you know, have a lot of energy in their body. So break it down. Tip number four is reward. Make a reward calendar and reward your kids for tasks they accomplished. Not if they behaved all day, because all day is it's like an impossible thing to do, especially when you're a kid. Because, you know, one fight with your sister and there goes your sticker. You, you can't even try to make it work. Uh, like the tasks, you know, break it down. Uh, you finished math. That's a sticker, even if it took three breaks, if you finished math for the day, you get a sticker. Got a C, but really tried hard, that's a sticker too. And the reward calendar, by the way, isn't just for young kids. My super girl is 15 years old and lazy as be, but she really, really loves horseback riding and would love to start ballroom dancing again. So when she was younger, she worked, for instance, for a little what they called the slide horse. Those are little miniature horses they paint. And every time she got 30 stickers, she would get a little mini horse. Nowadays, she doesn't collect those horses anymore. But like I said, she, would, she loves horseback riding. And she would love to, if her body allows it, start ballroom dancing again. So we can use that. Uh, For instance, uh, if she passes this year, because she's really struggling and not only because of her disease, you know, um, because that's a different story. But if she passes, we'll say, you know, if you pass this year, if you make it, then you can start ballroom dancing again. Or if you uh, did really well for math, for instance, and she's really struggling with it and she has to redo a test, If she gets a a good enough grade for it, she will get a private horseback riding lesson. And by the way, don't forget to reward yourself. Like every day you're not losing it, for instance, you get a sticker and 30 stickers is a Pandora charm or a trip to a national park all by yourself. You know, I, I love going to museums and hike. But I never allow myself to go because whatever stupid reason I feel guilty leaving my family for a few hours or I'm busy with work or there's a lot to do in the house. So I actually reward myself with things I really enjoy and really feel like a big gift, you know, a day away to a museum or an afternoon away can really recharge me. So uh, I use that. Uh, as a reward for myself. So don't only reward your kids, but reward yourself as well. Have fun mini breaks is my tip number five. In between tasks, make sure you break the monogamy of sitting behind the desk, behind the screen. So come up with five to five to 15 minute mini breaks to freshen up your mind and get new energy. Great tips are, you know, play Uno or another card game. Play hide and seek. Maybe in the rooms there, but you know, and it is especially fun if you have a dog in the house as well. Chalk painting on the driveway. Set up a, a running track in the living room. How many rounds can you do around the table, for instance, in one minute? And can you beat that time tomorrow? Or have a big piece of paper. Lay down and draw a line around your kids. Next break, they can draw their favorite outfits. You can even use this for, say, biology. All the kids that need to stay in shape, go for a bike ride at lunch. Do the seven-minute workout and see who is the most fit. Come up with a push-up competition and the winner at the end of the week can decide on Friday night's meal. Just come up with a little break. A break doesn't need to be 15 minutes, for instance. If you just have to do a little fun thing, in between uh, two math tasks, for instance, come up with a joke or play uno for a few for a certain amount of fixed time. Tip number six: lay down the rules. You know it's all great, all the tips I just gave. But how do you combine this with working from home as well? In the Netherlands, uh, the government said, you know if you can do your work from home, Do it so you know a lot of people work who normally work in an office now do the same work, but from home, but if you have to teach your kids it's almost like an impossible task. It is really an impossible task because you can't you know and be a daytime teacher and finish all the things you normally did and if you homeschool your kids during the day you're often way too exhausted in the evening to you know work again. So uh, fortunately in the Netherlands, a lot of uh, uh, managers understand because they're in the same situation. So uh, they're a little bit more loose with the rules. So if you are okay with working in a weekend, you can now finish things in the weekend. Or instead of saying, can you finish this paper by the end of the day, they give weak tasks. But what can you do at home for yourself? You now it can be double the challenge. And if you want to make it work, you have to lay down some rules. And yes, that applies to four-year-olds and husbands as well. It's not easy and things won't go smoothly just because you came up with some rules. So it takes some time. Key here is to stick to them, no matter what you decide on. The first tip, have a clear daily schedule. Stick it on the fridge for everyone to see. Start the day there. With younger kids, an hourly schedule is important. With older kids, you might divide it into morning sections to afternoon sections or so. And write down not only your kids' tasks, but also pencil in your, your Zoom meetings or you know, your working hours. Don't compromise on your time. You said you had to work from 10 to 11 in the morning to deliver a paper. That hour is non-negotiable. You can't be disturbed for anything. Not for a funny story they have to share now. Not for your mom calling because you're at home anyway. Not for the cat. Not for even a question. What can help here is setting a timer, especially with younger kids. Use a stopwatch, a time timer, you know, a cooking timer. Anything on which your kids can literally see the time ticking away because it makes it, it helps them to grasp time and see that actually the time is going down. So yes, mommy will be available. And the time is becoming literally less and less. It's basically like that quiet time or downtime I discussed in an early episode. A time everybody has to keep themselves busy. You know, also what can really help is have an office space they can't or are not allowed to disturb you. And mind you, I don't mean literally office space. The office space can be the end or the garage or your bathroom. If you close the door, they're not allowed to disturb you. Period. Of course, young kids can't be left unsupervised. But if you and your partner both have to work from home and homeschool, divide the time. One is present in the morning, for instance, the other in the afternoon. The parent working is allowed to set up an office in, for instance, the attic or the bedroom and is not allowed to be disturbed. Like I said, this needs some practice, but stick to your rules. At a certain moment, kids will remember that the door closed means no disturbance. And in the video, you can see, but when I was recording this podcast, my husband, I heard him uh, uh, coming in uh, the hallway. And then I saw that he was standing outside of my window. Uh, And he was waiting and waiting, but also knew, you know, if my door is closed and of course he heard me talking, he's not allowed to enter. And I had to work on it, also with my kids, because before they were used to the fact that I was available all the time. But to get some work done or to have some quality me time as well, you have to lay down the rules. It's like me taking a bath, it's the same way as working. If I'm in the bathroom and the door is closed, there are no four-year-olds anymore leave me alone you know and now in my office if the door is closed you hear me talking i can't be disturbed it's as simple as that so figure out what works for your family what is needed what are your struggles with and how can you you know use these tips i just told you uh, to your advantage and to make it work mandatory homeschooling 3.1 3.0 you know the conclusion is to relax. Take notes from professional homeschoolers. Break it down. Reward not only your kids, but also you, yourself. Take mini breaks and lay down the rules by having a clear schedule. Don't compromise on your time and space and set a timer for your young ones. You've got this. Have some great hacks that work for you and your family leave them in the comments or go to the Facebook page of the Special Needs Superman podcast. For now, stay safe, stay sane, and stay happy. Nadine. This was today's episode of the Special Needs Supermom podcast. Enjoy your mental glass of wine? If so, please subscribe, rate and review the show and recommend the podcast to other Special Needs Supermoms you know could use that mental glass of wine as well. Until next time, fellow supermoms, cheers, Nadine.